Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. We have some really good movies this week. Interesting movies. Actually, the three movies we're covering are Limbo. And what is the, what is the zombie movie called? It is called Ma- Sam and Maddie. What is it called? The, the zombie movie? Sam and, and Maddie make a zombie movie. Sam and Maddie Ooh, make a zombie movie. Okay, that's my bad because mm-hmm. I should actually give it the full name. Eric Holmes is clapping. So that's one thing that he wants to... I'm sure he's really excited about seeing that, talking about that movie. That's the movie he's spearheading this week and last but not least is a shutter release boys of hell county that was a movie that bruce wanted to watch he being a fan of shutter so bruce perky how have you been man the last week have you been cramming a lot of movies the last trying to watch uh, five movies in one day is that, is that your rate <laughs> rate of return on this i think What's i did going on? i did like three movies in one day because my wife was doing some uh, medical stuff so i had a like a two-day kind of a blackout period so i had to i had to do some movies in the front end and then get a couple more in before this. So yeah, fair amount. Doesn't your brain hurt, Bruce, when you go back to back to back on movies? Come on. Really? That's a, no, too that's much. Good. It's cool. You're cool. As long as there's a variety. Yeah, as okay. long as there's a variety there. You, we're doing. We're also in the middle of this podcast. We're doing, we're welcoming a buddy, Chad Wilfong. He is part of our Cinematics Facebook group community. He came in and he purchased The People Under the Stairs. That's part of Eric Holmes's $25 giveaway entertainment entertainment giveaway segment we're going to air that as well and it's really interesting because we're going to have a discussion of, of Wes Craven and the people under the stairs speaking of entertainment physical media etc cetera, etc cetera. Eric Holmes what have you been buying the last week have you been what have you been going to entertainment have you been purchasing DVDs or have you just been so busy with work and everything else that you haven't had the time um actually I've been uh busy trying to keep up with the uh with the uh, screener links we've been getting a lot of the movies i've been seeing i can't even talk about right now because they're like a embargo for another week or two but i Eric have... Holmes, did did you do the did you do the bass ackwards thing where we have five links and you decide to watch the links that are are we have to watch in two weeks and then last minute oh you did okay Alrighty. yeah but uh yeah I, I do got a i do got a couple here uh okay. i got one uh until the end of the world um found out that movie's like uh five hours long so that's gonna <laughs> it's gonna take a bit to get wait, to wait, that wait. One. You, you purchased that at entertain mart until the end of the world five hour cut yeah yeah okay it's the, oh, yeah it's, is that right jarmusch uh no vim it's, vendors it's vim yeah, vendors, vim oh, vendors. okay yes. I was gonna say I haven't Wim seen Wenders, it, obviously. But, uh, it's uh, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they got uh, two of the got two of the Shout Factory in in the Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness. Those are oh, two uh, cool. John Carpenters I like haven't seen recently enough to remember them in any meaningful way. Okay. So I was like, oh, they're here. I'll pick them up and see what they got. Those are very good uh, purchases. But yeah, this is the Until the End of the World. And uh, we're going to have to, uh, I, I believe Sam Neill's in this. So maybe I'll do this in, in the Mouth of Madness as a double feature. So that'll take a good 10 hours to get through all that. Well, you know, <laughs> if they actually, Eric Holmes, if they actually have the theatrical cut of of uh, Until the End of the World, can you do our listeners a favor and, and uh, watch the theatrical cut, which I believe is only three hours. And then on top of that, can you watch the, five-hour director's cut as well and tell us what are the little nuances that are missing what did what are those two hours that well, Wim vendors or Wim wenders decided now, to leave out in the theatrical cut please now it. i have i haven't watched uh the whole thing yet but so far just 
base on the low I've seen. I know that Dark Side is in this. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, Cyborg has a bigger part, okay. and there's so much character development in this version. It's unreal. <laughs> Sneaky deaky, folks. If you've been listening to our last four or five Find Your Film episodes, Eric Holmes has this running joke, and I just realized right now <laughs> that he puts he tries to mention the Snyder Cut every single week. Bruce, did you notice that he was doing? Did you notice this three weeks ago? Did I just or did I just notice that he's been putting this in every week with the Snyder Cut? Did you notice? Well, this? I think I've been putting it in too, <laughs> but I just didn't ever see it. So. <laughs> okay, so well, yeah, we'll you know listen to listeners check out our previous episode where Bruce and Eric Holmes talk, give their honest opinions regarding the Snyder cut also regarding along the same lines, you can look at past episodes to see what they think of the, of that masterpiece from, from Apple TV called Apple plus Apple TV plus called cherry. I'm, I'm going to break it, break it to you guys. I'm the only one who really loved that movie. So that's, that's a great discussion, but until the end of the world and a bunch of Carpenter films, really interesting. I can't wait till you, you get to talk to, about those movies down the road, Eric Holmes. But first do we have any, re- Oh, we have one rewind this week. Eric Holmes is good. What what is your rewind this week before we get once we get into our uh, our main movies? Well, did did you want to ask uh, what read my name and ask what that means? Oh, read read oh oh Stowaway. Stow, no, the, the 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 name I got. Oh, Eric got Spears. Yeah, what yeah. does that mean? What is your name? Is Spears? No, it's like it's like uh, Britney Spears because I saw the innocence. You saw uh, by Jack Clayton. <laughs> oh, you saw the innocence. Okay, very cool. You know, again, again, one of these days we're going to be sued by millions and millions of dollars by by some kind of music publishers. I don't know. Please, please, we're just a we're just a little potty. So uh, potty pod. So don't don't uh, don't sue us. <laughs> Regarding the innocence, we're going to get to the innocence. You know what? Before we get to our main movie reviews, Bruce Perky, can you just? It, it, I credit you regarding the innocence first. What? Why? Is the innocence considered, I guess, in many ways, a classic? And then we'll get into Eric. I, I want to hear what Eric has to say about the innocence. Oh wow! Okay, on the spot. Um, to me, it's just the incredibly eerie mood that it creates without doing anything especially jump scary. Uh, it's just it has the setting, it has these two kids, and it has the what is she the the um headmistress governess kind yeah, of yeah governess governess yeah. and um Deborah it just Carr. sets it, it just sets it up and it and the way that that is shot and the way that they put the grounds the grounds and the uh, the manor and the statues and everything it's just one of the creepiest movies i've ever seen and um it's just beautiful okay now here's the bad news i have bad news for you i guys I just went to just watch right now. It's probably on DVD or Blu-ray, or maybe I I can't wait till Eric talks about how he was able to to see the innocence. But right now, it's not streaming anywhere. So hopefully, this is not good right now. But by the time you listen to this, or maybe down the road, you'll be able to see the innocence. For me personally, before we get into Eric Holmes' review, this is a great double feature with the others, the innocence. And the others, if you smash them in together, they're very good. But this one, The Innocence, is black and white. And Eric, the reason why we're starting with re- your review is I'm going to spoil it right now. The Innocence is the best movie we're going to cover this weekend, this week. Okay, so let's hear it from Eric Holmes. What did please tell me that you like this movie? What did you think of this horror mystery thriller made in 1961 called The Innocence? Well, first of all, I saw it on YouTube. So it was streaming on YouTube, at least as of yesterday. Wow. So okay. uh, maybe you're listening to it now and it's not on there anymore. But yesterday when I saw it is YouTube's what I saw it on. 
um i do that uh, song that plays over and over again that had that burn in my head and for some reason i can't sing it now because i can't remember it i I don't know how that works um i was it's i'm glad you said the others because this whole movie i was like oh they're all dead aren't they like that that's just i I thought oh and then i started thinking what was others like a a remake of this that's not what this movie is though and I, i was so glad to see that uh you know, not that, oh, they ripped off the others, but I, you know, I, I kind of saw that coming like a mile away and then turns out that wasn't it at all. And it's going in a completely different direction. Um, yeah, this movie's really creepy. Uh, I, I think it works best because like the kids, um, you know, the, the kids do creepy stuff and not like, like, eh, look how creepy I am, but like, right. they're just, you know, like the, the son's just, the, the boy's just looking at, uh, uh, what's her name? Miss Miss Giddens. He's just staring <laughs> at her, and she's like, "What are you staring at?" And he's just staring at her, and then I'm like, "Yeah, dude, what the fuck are you staring?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you know, she's just kind of like, "Okay," and gets up and walks out. So, like, there's something wrong with these kids. But then they do these other things where it's like, "Well, wait, maybe it's not the kids. Maybe it's her." So like the the yeah. whole time I'm like I don't I don't know what's going not not that I don't I can't follow the plot I can follow the plot but I don't know you know it's the unreliable narrator thing um which I guess can be played out especially nowadays but this came out in 1961 so fuck off I'm watching the 1961 <laughs> unreliable narrator uh and this was just done really well um and I was kind of I I was kind of surprised by it well, you know, they mentioned they mentioned the word atmospheric is thrown around so yeah. many <laughs> times, but I think this is when you think atmospheric, do you guys agree that this is yeah. really mm-hmm. oh. the stuff next to the pond? Some oh. of those scenes next to the pond are just beautiful, but they're also you would never think a daylight scene next to a pond in a like a 1960 was it 61 or 62 mm-hmm. 61 movie would be creepy and it is. Uh I don't know if it's just the way it's shot or the music or the combination, but it's, it's really good. There was a, there was one bit at the end uh, where the little girl's like screaming bloody murder. Um, I had a, I had a kind of, <laughs> I didn't fast forward it, but I really wanted to fast forward at that part uh, because uh, hearing kids scream at the top of their lungs doesn't, in, it doesn't instill fear in me. It instills. <laughs> what are you screaming about? Go in your room. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I, I would say this is a, a damn fine horror movie. Uh, it's a probably psychological thriller type, yeah. Um, and like textbook psychological thriller, I would say. Yeah, it's directed by Jack Clayton, and it's based on the story, of course, "The Turn of the Screw," written by Henry James. The reason why Bruce Perky—I'm I'm putting words in your mouth, Bruce Perky—one of the reasons why he, he's been championing this movie, and we reviewed it way back when during the early days of Find Your Film, was because as classic as this movie is, when you mention Henry James movies, the innocence rarely comes up unless you are a huge cinephile. So this is a classic, but this is one of those movies. Eric Holmes was saying he found it on YouTube. I just checked on YouTube. As of this recording, you can for free watch it on YouTube. Okay. Corporate big men and women, please don't go after us. It's on YouTube public domain. It is. How was it transferred? Eric, was it, were you able to watch it? Was it good enough to look at as far as yeah, the actual yeah, book? Yeah, the, the version I saw looked really good. Um, wow. I was also going to say, because uh, this almost ruined the movie for me, 
um, because I was thinking, and this is why I brought it up at the beginning. I, I was thinking that this was where the others got their idea from. Sure. And then uh, there was a, there was a lot of part of the movie where I was just in my head on like, I was basically ruining the movie for myself, trying to anticipate something coming. I would say, if you're going to watch this, don't try to figure it out. Just let the movie happen. It's probably not going to go where you think it's going to go anyway, but don't just don't even try to figure the movie out. Just watch it and enjoy it. If you did what I did, it'll probably really annoy you. And that's not, you know, that wasn't the movie's fault. That was my fault doing that. So I, I would warn others to, uh, you'll see things that are familiar, just ignore it. And just let the movie hit you and it'll it'll pay off in dividends by the time you get to the end. Pay off in dividends, definitely. Bruce, you agree, you agree with that? I think it's very normal to catch those same beats if you're thinking the others and all these other movies. But I think one of the reasons why, Eric, you were able to enjoy the movie is because the movie with its atmosphere, the pacing, the acting, it just envelops you. It yeah. really does. And I actually... I know we have to actually watch movies for next week. The first movie yeah. I probably want to see is I probably just want to rewatch The Innocence on YouTube right now. So it's really frustrating. I'm not complaining that we have to get yeah. to see all these movies, but I really want to do a rewatch. Eric, you Martin, were going to say something? What Martin Stevens, Stevenson, the the kid uh, played Miles. Yeah. Oh my god, he's so good. Oh my god, <laughs> you want to talk about like uh, top ten child performances? That's that's got to be up there. Unless he was like 30 and only looked like he was 10, then, you know, then I take that back. But uh, he was, he was quite good. Cause he had to play, uh, he had to play like much older than he is. Almost like he's embodying like a 40 year old or a 50 year old, like a, a old man. Um, yeah. And he, dude, he just nailed it. I don't know how they got that performance out of a kid, but uh, kudos on them. Kudos. Definitely. Definitely. As we're recording right now, you you guys are going to wait for 10 seconds while I go downstairs and tell my mom that we forgot Claire's backpack. So I'll be back in about 15 seconds. Okay. Right. And I'll cut this. Okay. <laughs> Greg's going to cut this gold. I'm singing this song about gold. Hey, Bruce, do you like that gold? Gold. <laughs> this is a gold standard and Greg's going to cut it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Greg. Fungible <laughs> tokens. <laughs> they forgot her backpack and her, her water and everything like that. So right. you might, might want to listen. You might want to listen to that before you cut it out. Just letting you know. <laughs> what happened? Nothing. Oh yeah, I yelled. I'll cut it out. I'll cut out. Where I, where I yelled at my mom. I wasn't yelling at her. It was just I was trying to get. No, 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 not, no, not that. Just, you know, maybe listen to that last part before you cut it. Okay. Okay. What did I say something? What did I say? No, <laughs> you didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. Okay. Okay. I'll check. I'll check out the last part. Okay. So, all right. So that is, that is the innocence. It is currently playing on YouTube. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, we will be able to actually be either a see it on YouTube or hopefully it's on Blu-ray DVD streaming. Definitely catch this movie now regarding our first main review is i think an acquired taste it's a really huge acquired taste this is a warning this is also an encouragement if you are on one side i think you're gonna really love it there is going to be a different side as well so let's start off with this movie called limbo hits theaters on friday april 30th and it centers on the syrian who is a refugee he is not stranded. He's living with other refugees in this island, in the Scottish island. And he's waiting for, I guess, asylum. 
He's waiting for some kind of asylum. And like he and the other people, several other people living in this, not outhouses, uh, domicile, they're, they're just in quote unquote limbo until hopefully they get asylum. I was excited to see this movie because I actually had a whole bunch of interviews slated for the, the director and the cast and crew for this movie. I had no idea. I accidentally screwed up and I, I didn't know as I, I, I didn't know that the certain day that I was supposed to interview these people because I didn't get the link. So I wanted to do the Mia Culpa and actually review the movie and watch Limbo. And Eric Holmes was actually first on the spot regarding Limbo. When you look at the trailer, it's very dry wit comedic. And I want to see what Eric Holmes thinks of Limbo right out the top. Well, I, I didn't see the trailer. I uh, just watched the movie. And this has that uh, very heavy Wes Anderson, Jared Hess kind of uh, flavor to it. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned in the past that I'm not a Wes Anderson fan. And uh, I, I do I do recognize it, the talent there. And I do recognize that other people do like that. And maybe if you like the Wes Anderson type movies, this is going to be something you can uh, latch on to. I'm not that person. I I hate that style of filmmaking. Um, and therefore, I hated this movie. Um, but it's not a... I don't think it's a, uh, uh, a, I don't even feel like I should review this movie because it has nothing to do with what the movie did right or wrong. This is a hundred percent. I'm not a fan of this style of uh, filmmaking and I, I, it just lost me almost immediately. Uh, it does, it does kind of change up at the, the last half, especially like the, towards the end, um, it kind of becomes its own thing. And I did appreciate that, but by that time I was I was too quirked out to even care. And uh, but uh, this I I would say that uh, if you're a fan of Wes if you're a fan of Wes Anderson as I am not, this might be something that you would probably like a lot, or maybe not. I I don't know why Wes Anderson fans like him. But Are there, is there do. a Wes Anderson film that you actually love? Really, I really like Bottle love. Rocket, and I like Fantastic Mr. Fox, and that's about it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and again, I saw Grand Budapest Hotel, which I don't even know why I saw that because by then I knew full well that I didn't like Wes Anderson. But uh, like I, I watched Grand Budapest Hotel and I'm like, wow, that's that movie's amazing. I just hate watching it. I mean, I recognize the talent there. It's just not for me. But you personally and, would not recommend this movie because it's that for people. I wouldn't recommend it to people like me that hate Wes Anderson. I might recommend it to other people that do like that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of quirk or that Wes Anderson kind of charm to it. It's just the the uh, the humor doesn't land with me. The the pacing doesn't land with like none of that lands with me. But there's other people that just eat it up. And for those people, I would recommend this too because this might be more up their alley than it is mine. Written and directed by Ben Sharrock, S-H-A-R-R-O-C-K. And the lead actor is Amir El-Mazri. He plays Omar, the Syrian. He's also a musician. He plays this instrument. I believe it's called the Oud. Oud, Oud, O-U-D. That's one of the running plot points in the movie is though Omar is a musician, he, he has his oud with him. I believe that's how you pronounce it. The big challenge of the movie is he's really reluctant to play the, his instrument because of obviously the trauma he's undergone just from moving country to country and just to, in seeking asylum. And of course, being away from the ones that he loves. Bruce Perky, obviously different strokes for different folks. 
whether you love Wes Anderson, if you love dry wit or a certain kind of approach to the narrative, what was your take on Limbo? I started out right in Eric's camp. Like I would say for the first mm, 35, 40 minutes, I was, I was at least one and a half feet out the door. And I'm, as far as Wes Anderson goes, I'm, I'm kind of middle of the road. I don't, I don't think I love any of his movies. Uh, there's some I like, but I'm not like a, a fan. I'm not a hater. So I guess I'm a little more susceptible to possibly going with this kind of style, I guess. But I don't think I've done a bigger swing on a movie for quite a long time. I've never, I don't think I've been so hard out on a movie early and all the way around to really loving it by the end. I really ended up loving this movie by the end. I think part of it, part of it was eventually I just, I got enough of from the characters and the situation as it went on and it started to slowly change, like Eric was talking about, that I kind of was able to just release and actually get into the rhythm of it and and really enjoy it. Plus, I started to feel like he uses the quirk and the stylized like uh, compositions, I think a little differently than uh, Anderson does. Because I think Wes Anderson kind of does this thing where he's kind of trying to show you how kind of cool he is or something. I always get that feeling like he's kind of saying like, look, look at how awesome I am. But I don't feel like the characters a lot of times really have anything below their, what they are, you know, what they're presented as in the surface. But this movie, I feel like Omar, when we watch him, you really, by the end, if, if you buy in, I think there is a real arc. There's a real character. I think he does an amazing job, the main character, the actor there. And I think some of the stuff at the end is genuinely beautiful. I got put up the point where it changed. This is the point where I changed. And I'll see what you think, um, Greg. He takes a trip to an island off of the island they're on. I guess it's the island. Maybe it's the mainland. He takes a trip to go, I think, recapture some sheep in the snow. And that scene was like, that's where things just kind of turned for me because it, at that point I was bought in totally. Yeah, Limbo is an acquired taste. It is one of those movies. I understand Eric Holmes, where Eric Holmes was going regarding the movie. He quote unquote hates the movie. That is a very strong opinion. But in fairness to him hating the movie, he gives a caveat. Of the, he gives a qualifier saying it's Wes Anderson movies aren't for him. And I'm going to have to agree with that review. I'm going to have to agree with that review that if Wes Anderson or for certain style or rhythm or pacing regarding the narrative isn't for you, there's going to be people who will be detractors of Limbo. And they're going to say a big part of this movie is really much ado about nothing. And it is self-conscious and the pacing slow. And I was bored out of my skull. For me, I absolutely fell in love, love everything about Limbo. Thanks to Eric Holmes, I was ready for the pace of the movie. I primed myself for a sublime, meditative, oftentimes frustrating experience, frustrating in the sense that you become so invested in Omar's plight of living a life seemingly of inertia and nothingness that it's a frustrating watch. And sometimes all these beautiful compositions For me personally, they actually helped speed along the narrative because I love looking at pretty pictures. And sometimes there are parts in this movie that are just really tough to watch because Omar is going through a lot and he's processing a lot of this stuff internally. So I think this is one of these movies, if you just really, like Bruce said, if you really soak into the environment and become fully engaged in Omar's story. And to back up Eric's point, if you are one of those people who likes or appreciates or pretty much jibes to this type of humor, you're going to love Limbo. But there is that line. It is not a catch-all movie. I highly recommend Limbo as far as a sublime cinematic experience. This is one of those movies that I hope it catches a wider audience. And I hope most importantly, it catches the audience who likes this type of film. But I'm so glad that Eric, Eric, actually, I'm so glad that you brought that review up because one, 
this movie needs to exist, but it also, don't you agree? Yeah. There, there has to be some kind of warning as well. Yeah. And yeah. And, and again, it's, uh, I hate this movie, but you know, if you don't like tomatoes, I don't care how well someone makes tomato soup. You're not going <laughs> to like the tomato soup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is a, this is a fine tomato soup. But I don't like tomatoes. Actually, I love tomatoes. But <laughs> you, you know, you, you get the simile, I guess. Yeah. The, the only difference I would say with this, and I'll just bring this up quickly, is there's a scene in the last third, and and Eric could probably come with me a little bit on this one, where he's just sitting next to a fireplace, and there's a certain conversation happening there, which shows me this this director can easily do something different and i don't feel like wes anderson can do anything different anymore i don't think he can if he even tried whereas this director i could imagine he might do something absolutely different with the next movie and i trust that he shows enough care and ability in this movie that this whole kind of wes anderson vibe may just be something he never has to go back to it'll be interesting to see it'll be definitely i'm so glad that you love it if you want to Read more. If you want to learn more about Bruce Perky's thoughts on Limbo, he actually wrote a review, a print review on the site, our site, deepestdream.com. You can check it out on Deepest Dream. It's he really is- short. It just says, Eric hates this movie. That's all I wrote. <laughs> ah, very good. Does it say Limbo is a turd? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about it as I was writing. I was like, you know, I, I totally know that people are going to hate this movie. And I felt like this might be my painted bird. I mean, I might come in and be the only one who likes this movie today. So, so. yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I, I'm surprised you didn't think I was going to really flip for this, Bruce. I, I really did flip for it. And the ending was was very sublime for me. Very, very resonant, emotional. And Bruce was talking about he, he sees Ben Chirac, I believe that's his name, going someplace. And I think one of the things that credit to him he doesn't, he sticks the, the landing by not overloading us with emotion and saccharin and syrup at the end of Limbo. It's a perfect landing. Very, very well done. But anyways, you, you guys were treated to a well-rounded review regarding Limbo. So whether, whatever camp you, you're in, just be be warned, be forewarned. You're either, you're, you might love it or you might, you might actually hate it. So that is Limbo Friday, April 30th in theaters. Our next review is... The zombie movie that I can't get the name, and I, I apologize. Sam and Maddie, what is it? Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie, Eric Holmes? Yep. Okay, Sam Eric. Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. Yes, and I'm <laughs> going to say this every single week. I tell Bruce, and I don't, I can't tell Bruce and Eric anything because I'm, they're not, I'm not their boss. Okay, I, I, they are my boss. Okay, and I, sure. I plead with them. Hey, you know what, guys? I, on a, on a daily basis, I don't do my job as a journalist. Can you guys fill me in on movies that we have to see for the podcast? Eric Holmes, why was this movie something that was on your radar? Why did you want to see this movie? Actually, I believe the movie Bears covered this on uh, their South by Southwest. Okay. I want to, I, I, I'm not 100% sure because they covered a bunch of movies, but I believe this was one of them. And it, you know, it's uh, it's called Sam and Maddie Make a Zombie Movie. They got uh, two... Uh, best friends they're they're brothers but they're not brothers you know brothers by the heart they're connected from you know um and they both have down syndrome and they both want to make a zombie movie and like the right right away i'm like well let's let's fucking see this (laughs) but before i go on is the last half a spoiler no not at all okay okay i i I just want to make sure i I just want to make sure before i said anything i was watching this and and i i love the uh people i I almost say characters but they're not characters they're actual people because it's a documentary about sam and maddie and they want to make a zombie movie they like uh they like horror movies they like zombie movies they like action movies and they just uh 
you know, they show uh, little bits and pieces of like uh, home movies they made back in the day, but they, they got an idea for the greatest movie ever made and they want to make that movie. So it kind of, uh, you know, it takes, it follows them around on their uh, quest to make this movie. I believe it was called the uh, slumber party zombie massacre. It I is mean, called the, it is called the spring, spring break. break, spring break, massacre. Yes. spring break. I was close. <laughs> um, th- that's even better. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem I had with it was, uh, look, this uh, this documentary is cute and all, but I want to see their movie. And I, w- I was getting kind of annoyed with the uh, with the uh, documentary. And then uh, about halfway through the documentary, the uh, narrator said, and without further ado, here's their movie. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that so awesome, so right? Yeah. And uh, basically, and you're so, getting two movies for the price of one with this. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the the whole first half is a documentary about Sam and Maddie making their zombie movie, and the last half is their movie. And oh my yeah. god, is it glorious! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking I want to see every movie Sam and Maddie ever make from here on out. Bruce, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, I mean, this is impossible not to like this movie. I mean, well, unless you just have no. So we might find out that Greg hates his movie. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's wait till we get to me. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I was I was exactly in the same camp. I loved. Well, one thing I really liked was so early on. So obviously they're not going to have the technical ability to do all the parts. So they're going to have to get people to help them out. But what I really loved was that in general, the people let them make the decisions and they just try to only rein it in as far as like, well, we can't do this big of a thing, but we could do this thing. So just tech, you know, maybe some limitations as far as budget or something, but, oh, and they didn't let them have all the nudity they wanted. That was one thing they kept coming up <laughs> They kept saying like, and lots of naked girls are like, we're not going to do quite so much of that. So there's a few points where they had to be reined in a little bit there. But otherwise, they let them do crazy things. You know, like there's one point early on where it's like, you know, both your characters are being born in a flashback at the same time in the same room. And then this happens. And that's that it's like you get to see unbridled creativity come to fruition. And Can I we think say that's one of the most traumatic birth sequences we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> the fucking the, the devil. Yeah. Then he goes around every time he gets done laying waste, he just has to pee on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, let's just I, I, we won't give away too much because it's really fun to to see it. It's fun to see the little bits, and I think what <laughs> what Eric said is it's right on. You get to see some of their creative process enough that you're wanting to see like what came out of it. Then you get to actually see it, so you get to see all of the pieces of what they had come up with, and it's pretty damn glorious. Did, did you guys ever go on the website realultimatepower dot? Was it realultimatepower.com? Is uh, some guy just so. typing a bunch of stuff? He's like writing all these uh, super pump up scripts, and it's about ninjas and how awesome they are. Have like lines that uh, I was so pumped, I punched my dog so hard that we both screamed. <laughs> That's the kind of ridiculous humor that the the, yeah. the actual movie has. Where uh, you know, what, what are you doing there? I got drugs. All right, well. You're going to jail for three seasons, then. <laughs> like, like yeah. the, the the dialogue, you can tell it was Sam and Maddie that came up with this dialogue because it's like their voice comes through so well and it's so charming and funny and uh, but it's not like it, like when you say something like this is sweet, you think it's going to be like, oh shucks, isn't that nice? They did it. No, this movie is fucking badass. <laughs> 
Like I, I think Maddie might be one of the greatest action stars of this or any other generation. <laughs> he's like running with the shotgun, and he's running around with his uh, with, with his uh, the Miami Vice jacket yeah. and his, his sunglasses. He's just walking around just with it, yeah, with the shotgun, just blowing away. I was like, oh my god, it's so good. And the dialogue is so just. The dialogue is like uh, it's amazing because like you can tell that they watch a lot of action movies and a lot of horror movies and they're kind of it's almost like they're kind of mimicking uh, what they do but they do it so well but just off enough and I think that's where a lot of the humor comes in this because it's yeah yeah it, it, this thing is like awesome <laughs> like another a perfect example of that and it's not a spoiler at all for their movie there's that every so often there'll be a problem in the movie they can't solve and the one kind of dude bro that's not them will pop in and go like Hey, I'll hack into the system or whatever. That guy will just come out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to see you kids here. I have your bionics right here. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, well, of course, always... of course someone's got to come up and give them their bionics. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Maddie make a, make a zombie movie. It's currently out on VOD and cable VOD. You can get it pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Available on cable VOD, digital HD, VOD, Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie there are appearances in this movie director peter farrelly he shows up the movie is set in the movie slash documentary set in providence rhode island so peter farrelly's there and also there is who is there's Polly d from the jersey shore he also <laughs> makes an appearance in the film sam and maddie make a zombie movie sam and maddie they're they're just so likable and oh yeah one of the things that if you're if listeners if you watch this movie that you're gonna get yeah, whether you loved or not, I really enjoy this movie. Is the fact that the people, the friends and family of Sam and Maddie, they they're just excited to make a movie, and they just want to have a good time. You see the spirit of really just the general goodwill, and on top of that, the general fun. It was working with Sam and Maddie to make the zombie movie. That's the big thing that comes across, and yeah, I towards. I'm not going to say what happens towards the end. There is a really nice subtle moment regarding Sam and Maddie talking about making the movie, which if you are engaged, which I'm sure you will be throughout the movie, you're going to realize why they really wanted to make the zombie movie, which I felt was very real and very, very touching without getting too sappy Eric Holmes. I I don't know if this is a moment you're talking about, but there is a moment at the end and I won't give it away, but uh, they're asked if they think their movie was a success and their answer is the only answer you can give to that kind of question. Right. Yeah. And I like, because the, the, you know, the, the movie obviously didn't light the world on fire because they made a, they made a documentary about it. And I don't know what this movie is. So, you know, I guess spoiler alert there, but I mean, you would know that going in by virtue of the fact that this documentary exists, but I really, really hope, and it would be so fantastic if this documentary caught hold. And as a result, Sam and Maddie get to make more movies. They get to do another crowdfunding campaign because, uh, well, uh, what what was the uh, the the reason I scream, or the reason I what what was that other documentary we were talking about? The reason I scream. The oh uh, oh 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 the reason why what well, yeah Bruce from Kino Lorber the reason I jump the reason I what is it what was yeah. that name? yeah, yeah reason, it was about yeah. the uh, 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 people de- developmental disabilities how they right. see the world differently yeah and we were talking about wouldn't it be great to give them a budget to make a movie and lo and behold it happened like years ago and we didn't even know about it this is not like I, and I'm talking about the movie portion I, I'm talking about their movie not the documentary but 
their movie. They have their own voice. You know, they have their own point of view. And I would love to see a bunch of movies like uh, by them. I would love to see other movies with other people with developmental disabilities because they have a different, they have a different outlook on life. You know, we've, we've seen the, you know, say what you will about the room, but uh, Tommy Wiseau is not all there, but that's a unique movie for him that right. only he could make. And I, I really would just uh, watching this movie confirm my suspicion that, you know, people, well, people with a brain that works different than others, they're going to have something that's, you know, not going to be like we would do it. But it's definitely it's definitely got their stamp on it, and I, I'd want to see more of this. Whether it's the the uh, bloody and crazy stuff that Sam and Maddie does, or maybe it's something that we've never even seen um, before from someone from you know uh, the reason I jump. Uh, but yes, more of, this, like, more of this. More of this. We just like carve off like one fiftieth of the Snyder cut budget, and just like yeah, push it over there, or like <laughs> all of it. <laughs> All of the Snyder Cup. One of these days, guys. One of these days. Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie also on a selfish matter for me. It's one of these things where it, you're talking about different perspectives, Eric. My my close to five-year-old niece, where every single day she comes over to the house and we pretend to have a party and we have we have a pizza party. We, we uh, create a, an entire world. And she's excited to craft something out of thin air. And I wonder, and I, I get so I, I engage, but I'm jealous, envious. The fact that there is that fervor in creating a story. On a selfish note, Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. Yes, we want to see them make more movies. But I was envious to see how passionate they were just to go out and do it. The enthusiasm that they had in making the movie is very pure. And I think, you know, this is one of those movies where they say it's a sweet movie, blah, blah, blah. No, this is also a movie that'll make you envious because you 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 will want, you will watch it and, and you, you might say to yourself, man, I wish I had their passion. Man, I wish I could go out there and make a movie. I, I wish I had their guts to do it. So I really enjoyed this on a real level. And I am very envious of Sam and Maddie's passion for telling a story and just their enthusiasm. So kudos to them. Maddie, what are you doing? Are you making out with those girls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bruce, that's it. Anything, yeah. Any final thoughts regarding this movie that which we, we love so much? I mean, come on. you just It's a, it's a no-brainer. You just go, go watch it when you get a chance. That's all I got to say. Okay, very good. Good capper, Bruce Perky. So that is Limbo. That is Sam and Maddie. Make it, What's the zombie movie? The slumber. What is in a slumber party zombie movie? What is it, Bruce? What was it Spring over there? Spring Break Zombie Massacre. Spring Break Zombie Massacre. But uh, the movie is called Sam and Maddie Make a Zombie Movie. And then again, two for one. You get the documentary and then you get that document. Then you get the movie that Eric Holmes mentioned. Our final featured review this week is Boys of Hell County. I'm going to stop talking because this is our Shutter segment. And this is every single week we sneak in, hopefully if we can, a Shutter recommendation from Bruce Perky because he is the king, the queen, the, the court jester, the fool, every every royal member under the sun when it comes to Shutter. So I'm going to sh- shut up regarding Shutter, And Bruce, why don't you lead us off with Boys of Hell County? The boys, I think it's for the boys from County Hell, but I don't know. Oh, I don't, boys from County Hell. My, my bad. That's, yeah. Boys uh, from County Hell. Well, I I saw it pop up. I wasn't so sure. I watched like 10 minutes of it and I went, wait a second. This, this, I have a feeling about this. And I looked up the director, Chris Baugh or Bao, I don't know how to say his name. And I was right. I don't know how I knew it. 
but uh, he made this little revenge flick a uh, year, two, three years ago called Bad Day for the Cut. And I was like, oh, okay, now I'm really interested in this. We got to check this out. So Boys from County Hell. You know, we've been talking lately about cheeseburger movies, you know, and I think this definitely could qualify as a cheeseburger horror movie. Pretty straightforward. There's this little, this little town in Ireland. Uh, they're kind of their claim to fame is what Bram Stoker Stop by for a second. Yeah, stop by like for like a minute. And maybe uh, had a pint. Uh, maybe had a pint at the local pub or something. <laughs> yeah, and maybe he was inspired to write Dracula. And then there's this—it's a stone stone pile out in this field, and they take all the you know tourists there and say this is where this ancient vampire you know is is buried under this pile of stones. And that's kind of your your basic concept. <laughs> You start to meet these kids, these characters in the, the town there. And one of them uh, is, gets his dad, gets him a job in a construction crew. And they're going to put a road or something through there. And they want to knock down the pile of stones. And thus begins the adventure. But I think this has, I guess I'll let you guys talk a little bit about it. But what I really enjoyed in this movie, other than it just has a really, it has some good gore. It has a cool creature towards the end. It's got a really unusual way that the vampire draws his blood. And I think it has, for me, I thought the characters that kind of flow through this sort of adventure um, are really fun and have a lot of character and are, I don't know, I thought it was a really fun movie overall, period. Solid recommend. Solid recommend from you, Bruce. Yeah. Eric, what do you think? Yes, uh, this this was very good. Uh, this does what you need to do in a movie like this. You get the vampire. The, oh, we're going to dig it up. Oh, don't do that. You know, the audience knows that the characters shouldn't be doing this thing, but the characters have no idea. And, you know, so the story's kind of, you know, been there, done that. But uh, the characters and the way they interact with each other, this movie isn't as good without those characters and those actors being able to bounce off each other the way they do. Sure. A lot of it has to do with writing, but I think, I think a lot of it is the uh, actor's personality kind of shining through because the, there's not like a lot of like really uh, flashy dialogue or anything. There's some funny lines here and there, but uh, yeah, a lot of it is uh, a lot of this is kudos to the actors in uh, their chemistry uh, amongst one, one another. The, effects are pretty cool the the vampire design is really cool and uh <laughs> this uh as i mentioned to bruce this has a leg up on most other vampire movies and i'll just leave that there yeah. very good eric Collins. very and good there yes i was gonna say one other thing i want to really give credit it has some really un- unusual scenes that don't play out the way you think it was a scene where they go there's a kind of an offside character that was a parent of somebody who dies early on in the movie and there's a whole scene at that play- person's house that was absolutely surprising to me. I didn't know where it was going to go. And it went in really interesting directions. And it was just kind of plopped down in the middle of this movie. And I think it's little things like that throughout this movie. There's a, a main girl and guy in this movie. And their relationship doesn't play out quite the way you think it might either. So a lot of ways where it could have gone one way. And it, it swerved just enough to keep it interesting. As well as just being very likable. So, so sol- solid recommend from you, Bruce. Solid recommend from you, Eric Holmes. Regarding this this uh, movie, you thumbs up. Oh, yeah. You really enjoyed it, yeah, yeah de- definitely. Yeah, it, it's just uh, fun and kind of uh, kind of creepy where it needs to be creepy, funny where it needs to be funny, and uh, charming all the way through. If you at all like horror movies, this is right up there. I think this might be like one of those kind of crossover movies. Like people that might not necessarily like horror might still dig this one. Yeah, isn't super duper gory, and it's got enough humor. It's yeah, but it does have enough gore that it isn't like 
too lightweight either. Would you agree? Yeah. It's like it, it, it doesn't pull punches in certain parts. Yeah, it kind of, it's, I, it's, uh, kind of not as funny, but it reminds me of Shaun of the Dead in a lot of ways. Shaun, like, of, the so Dead Shaun of the Dead is like straight on comedy. This isn't that, but it's got that kind of uh, like the same amount of gore where it, it's yeah. enough, but it's it's not overbearing, I guess. I also thought about this movie because it has some nods to um, American Werewolf in London. I almost thought of this movie as if you start American Werewolf in London and if you remember the two guys go and visit that weird pub, it's almost like instead of going with the two guys away from the pub, you stayed with the pub and like you got to see what happens with that pub, <laughs> yeah. you know, and instead of instead of werewolves, it was vampires, you know. Yeah, Boys from County Hell, currently streaming on Shudder, written and directed by Chris Baugh, B-A-U-G-H. I really, like you said, Bruce, I really loved his previous movie. What is it, Bad Day for the Cut? Mm-hmm. I, that's a movie that I highly recommended. Yeah. This movie, I, I recommend it as well. The gore stuff is good. The, the I guess the second half to the third act is fantastic as far as the chase, the unveiling of the monster, all that stuff. Maybe there's going to be blood and gore. That stuff, it really, it really ramps up. Okay. So I would recommend this movie. My only caveat, though is Boys from County Hell. Apologies for just screwing up the moniker. I give it a little bit of a little bit of a strike because I feel this movie could have been an excellent movie. I feel this movie could have been an A++ classic horror film. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this. There are some so many good things about this movie. First of all, I know a lot of this movie is, Bruce, you were alluding to the son who gets his construction job situation from his dad a lot of this movie is a father's son story which is cool it's a male director get it i get it the star of the the star of the movie to me is louisa harland who plays claire mccann she is the server and she is dating one of the men in in the movie and i don't know i just had this other thing in my mind whenever she's in frame I wanted to follow her story and she's so good. It's so locked in. Maybe, I don't know. I really wish there was more of Louisa Harland in this movie. That's a complaint. And also the world building. It takes, I checked my, uh, the time. It takes about maybe 38 to 39 minutes, half its running time to actually get to the action, which is fine when you're world building, but the world that they were building to me wasn't as interesting as the second half. I, I wasn't as locked in. I just felt this this movie really needed a little bit more of a script polish in, in certain ways. I just really wanted more out of this movie. This movie had the potential to be excellent. And I can't believe I'm complaining that it's merely good because I just sit, saw so many, so many ways this could have gone to become this just amazing seminal movie. And I think it goes back to Eric, what you were saying about the special effects the way the vampires presented, which was interesting. I just thought you were talking about, you barely mentioned like there's a couple of narrative beats here and there, you know, that you see in many other places. I didn't want to see, I wanted to see something really interesting and, and invigorating with the narrative because they, they were working with so many good things in this movie. It just didn't completely congeal for me, but I still recommend this movie as an, as escapist fair, wishing it would have been much more than that. My bad on that. (laughs) I, I would actually kind of agree with you. Just uh, not not that uh, I had any issues with the first half hour, but yeah, maybe if they tightened it up, it probably would have it probably would have uh, kind of flowed a little fast or a little better. Um, 
But that being said, by the time I got to the second half, oh, yeah. I wasn't even th- I wasn't even thinking about the first half. But uh, yeah, when once you mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, I, I I totally get that, and you're not wrong. But again, I, but again, right? It's still yeah, it, it, it's when when the rest of it's that good. It's like, oh yeah, there was that part I didn't like. Completely forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, and again, it's me complaining that oh my yeah. gosh, this is a movie that if I would give it a grade, I'd give it a solid B. But why would I, and it's still a, a B is a very good grade, but yeah. why hear my nitpicking that it's not an A. So my bad on that <laughs> regard, regarding Boys from County Hell. So that is currently streaming on Shutter. We are finished with our three main reviews. Eric Holmes, before we get to your recommendation or wait, before we get to Bruce's recommendation, you have a rewind for this week. A quick rewind comment on Stowaway. You because last week you oh, saw that. That's saw, right. I was like rewind. I, I already talked about. That. <laughs> you have a you are, you're halfway. You were halfway done with Stowaway. Yeah. For for listeners who have not seen Stowaway on Netflix, you were and or didn't listen to the last episode. You were excited to see the rest of Stowaway. You were on board. Bruce gave it a negative, not a negative, like a very mixed review, and he would slightly recommend it. I was strong on it. Where did you lie? Where do you lie on this situation? Uh, it, it started falling apart a little bit for me uh, towards the last half when they did the space. I think Bruce mentioned that when they were doing the spacewalk. And I think the the biggest issue that they have with this is that a lot of the problem, not problems story-wise, but uh, a lot of the problems, uh, not with the story, but with what the characters have or the, the problems the characters are contending with is that... Um, the fact that they have artificial gravity on the spacecraft and right away uh when the when you know when i was air quote reviewing the movie which i probably shouldn't have done because i didn't finish it but like one of the things i was concerned about was like why do they have artificial gravity they're just going to mars like uh, you know and plus you figure it'd be easier to get around inside the spaceship if you don't have any gravity and uh i and Maybe uh maybe uh astronaut can chime in and tell me why you would need gravity when you're just going to Mars, but it seemed to present more problems for them than it was uh than it helped them out, I guess. Yeah. And and then uh but anyway, once they started doing the spacewalk, I was just like, Okay, we're you know, we're gonna kinda play fast and loose with a bunch of these ideas, so let's just you know what whatever so the uh i had to turn off my science nerd <laughs> i had to flip the science nerd switch off sure and uh just kind of uh just kind of enjoy it from an emotional standpoint of Good. of this person's a stowaway on you know no one knows how he got there and doesn't you know the end of the for the story it doesn't really matter he's there you know it's a deus ex machina or a or uh, what, what what do you call it the uh, MacGuffin or what whatever sure, you know sure it, it's whatever it is, but I I do like that uh, they're presented with the with the this guy and they want to keep him alive and they want to do everything they can to keep him alive and it kind of it it maintained that heart and that spirit it didn't turn into the so and so is going to get space madness and kill everyone so. On an emotional level, I still liked it a lot. On okay. A, on a uh, science nerd level, I was pulling my hair out all the time. So you would actually, re- just on the narratives, on the storytelling aspect of Stowaway regarding the science nerd stuff, you would recommend Stowaway as a as a watch, but just turn your brain off on that in that sense. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a um, if if you're the type of per, if you're Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson, if you're listening to this, do not watch Stowaway. It'll <laughs> drive you nuts. Everyone else, they can just take it uh, for an emotional ride. I I, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I liked it too, and I think I just I liked it even more after you were doing the review because the days ex machina, which Bruce was talking about last week, and you're talking about the MacGuffin. I I clung on you regarding the, the MacGuffin with the, without giving too much away. This movie is one thing if you f- think about the, all the tropes with the extra person on board who may be the killer or he or she may be the interloper, all that kind of stuff. It starts off as one thing, but it completely becomes something else. And those kind of movies don't, that kind of stuff doesn't happen within this kind of trope because it's so easy, even for something like sunshine, it's so easy to actually have that foreign object or person into the mix. And then you can just turn it into the genre driven spectacle. And Stowaway is not. And, oh, also yeah. to Bruce's point from uh, last last week, do agree. Oh, we can uh, put a moratorium on spacewalks at least for the foreseeable future. <laughs> like if you're gonna do a spacewalk, do something great with it. Don't let. Oh, this is where uh, clearly someone's about to die. How do you know they're going on a spacewalk? Why? Why the fuck else would you have them going on a spacewalk if not to kill off a character? Um, well, okay. And they didn't sing "Sweet Caroline," so it's okay. I, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. "Sweet Caroline." Yeah, don't sing "Sweet." Never sing "Sweet Caroline." Never if you're, the if you're the Midnight Sky or bleeping beautiful girls. Thanks to beautiful girls years ago and the Midnight Sky. Never "Sweet Caroline." Never for the next 15, 20 years, and even in twenty years from now, hopefully, even when we're all old fogies, and if we hear "Sweet Caroline" streaming on a Netflix movie, I'm sure that might be the literal end of each and every one of us so no sweet caroline for quite a while so that is a rewind of stowaway of eric holmes stowaway bruce you have a recommendation this week and i again i i always say bruce you don't have to do a recommendation you're, you're doing 20 30 movies a week but you push forward <laughs> let's see what what he got push forward, forward um, bruce Berkey. i have a really interesting documentary on netflix called coded bias and i don't know if this is any of you have seen this pop up on your feed? It just came no. out. Just came out this year. It's directed by a. I say this name right. A Shalini Kantaya. Okay. And this is really cool because you know we live in this age of like all these conspiracy theories and QAnon and like the government and like deep state. You have all this stuff, right? Whereas you have something like this, which is much more related to what is actually happening with technology. And it's really interesting. So it starts out with this. Um, I didn't write all the people's names down. Unfortunately, this woman is doing um, research and she's, she's really into um, she's at uh, the university and she's doing all this stuff with uh, artificial intelligence and face recognition, all this kind of stuff. And MIT media, this- sorry, MIT media yeah. lab researcher, Joy Bulam, Bulamwini, Bulamwini. Yes. Yes. Thank sorry. you. And she notices that the face recognition software doesn't recognize her. Uh, and she's an African-American woman. She p- puts a white, like, plastic mask over her face, and it recognizes her. And then they start doing all these, these you tests, and they find out that the percentage of the what kinds of faces get recognized. You know, white male gets recognized, like, you know, whatever. I'm just making up the percentages, but it's something like this, like, you know, 97% of the time, white women get represented, you know, get recognized, you know, maybe 89% of the time, 
you know, black males, 75% of the time, black females, 68% of the time, you know, it's like that kind of a thing. And you think, wow, this is really interesting. And of course it goes into the idea that, you know, this face recognition software is created by, you know, white software engineers and they use for their templates and for the data processing, mostly white faces and so on and so forth. And you think, well, that's interesting. That's not really enough for a whole documentary to be based upon. But then they slowly start going into the idea of algorithms. We've all heard algorithms, right? Yeah. Um, and it gets really interesting. And it starts talking about, you know, they start going to places like London, where they will have a police van parked on the edge of the street with a camera, with scanning software, just scanning faces, just scanning faces, scanning faces on the street as people walk by. And if they, if it gets matched up to someone they think is a criminal or someone to watch, they'll stop a person on the street, stop them dead cold on the street. And guess what? If you're a person of color, it misrecognizes them more often. <laughs> so you can kind of see where this is going. They have, they show little places like there's uh, these apartment buildings in New York where the landlord attached face recognition software in the hallways and would send photos to the residents of the people saying like, this is you on this date with this other person. And we know that you were doing this and they use that as a basis to, for how they live. And then they go to the furthest extreme. They go to someplace like China where to get access to anything, you literally have your face scanned and you have a rating almost like a, like, you know, what is your rating? Are you a 98% or are you a 75%? And if your rating is lower, you have less access to things. So anyway, this is a very, very, very interesting and somewhat scary mm-hmm. <laughs> documentary about the reality of how this kind of the algorithms and the software and the facial recognition programs are created and how they're used and misused and how they're, it's kind of the wild west of this right now. And um, you'll probably get pretty pissed off by the end of it and a little scared. And it's yeah. a really cool doc- documentary. Daily Variety Describes it as coded by, coded bias serves as both a wake up call and a call to action. Coded coded bias it was available on Netflix. It was starting earlier in on April fifth, and again, if I was doing my job, I would have opened that email that has since just been opened thanks to Bruce Perky regarding coded bias on Netflix. So my bad on it's so it's basically an engaging documentary. Even if really uh, it's really engaging and it's really interesting, and they follow a whole bunch of different people. Yeah, it's it's really okay. interesting and. It it scratches that itch of the conspiracy theory and like this hidden stuff going on, but it actually does it with reality, which actually makes it scarier than something going off about, I don't know, aliens or whatever. Okay, so uh, that is it. That is Coded, Coded Bias. That's Bruce's recommendation. Eric Holmes's recommendation was actually at the top of the show with that classic movie, The Innocence. Am I correct on that assumption, Eric Holmes? Definitely, I recommend. I, I thought it was a rewind. I, I could have swore you guys were. Yeah, said yeah, that was covered it. That was a double rewind. You did a double rewind. Do you have no recommendations this week because we're going to go to what's in the box with Bruce Berkey. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll save them for next week. Save it for next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cheech and Chong's is uh, nice dreams. We will be Eric Holmes. will be recovering that. The reason why I <laughs> I joke not because I'm assuming that that he is a Cheech and Chong fan. It's just because it's more on me. I have not not ever. I've never seen Up in Smoke. Or Nice Dreams, or even the Corsican Brothers, have not seen any of their movies. I haven't even seen Born in East LA. I heard that's a good movie. So 
Maybe yellow one beard. of these days. Yeah, maybe one of these days. Maybe we'll They're cover. Both in yellow beard. <laughs> yeah, a yellow. Oh yeah, yellow beard. Which Eric Holmes. I still have I to see yellow the beard. richest person in the world. Yes, you're. <laughs> yes, you're with <laughs> And of course, Eric Holmes was. Uh, he had the caveat. If I recall, that you said yellow beard is a comedy that probably in the in this day and age might not be for everyone. But it's going to oh. be. No, no, not not one bit. Bruce Perky, what do you got for us for your weekly "What's in the Box" segment? Well, I have um, the 1963 movie charade i don't know if either of you actually got around to watching it i didn't get around um, I, yeah, people under the stairs my fault on that yes <laughs> this is um uh, suggested by andrew martin andrew watches movies still we believe it's out there kind of like the aliens they're out there um they out there everywhere. this is available you can find this all over the place amazon prime all the, i watched on amazon prime uh be warned there are multiple versions on amazon prime i started watching one that was not widescreen i thought this movie most assuredly was widescreen oh there's another version on there that's widescreen so yeah <laughs> find the one that's widescreen but i switched pretty quickly so this is directed by uh stanley donan i thought when i first saw it that forever i thought this was directed by alfred hitchcock oh right because you I'm thought not... it was to catch a thief you thought it was to catch a thief. I, like actually i thought i thought it was topaz i oh, thought about cool. it i thought it was yeah. topaz yeah. um but this this is thought by many to be Alfred Hitchcock movie. And I guess it's known as kind of the best Alfred Hitchcock movie that Alfred Hitchcock didn't have anything to do with. So that's kind of the way they talk about this movie. So let me just give you a quick rundown of some of the people in this movie, if you don't know. Cary Grant, Audrey Hepburn, Walter Matthau. We love Walter Matthau from Hopscotch. James Coburn, Mm -hmm. George Kennedy. Yes. (laughs) So this star-studded. This movie is... As promised, it's like, oh, and by the way, Stanley Donen, if you don't know, it's very famous director singing in the rain. He's done a ton of things. This movie is just kind of like the crowd pleasing version of those kind of espionage twisty, but also somewhat comedic kind of movies you can imagine for that era. Basic concept is it starts out with Regina, Audrey Hepburn's character. Her husband falls off a train dead. And then you see her just kind of partying up in the Alps and stuff before she goes back to, to Paris. And she's talking to her girlfriend about wanting to divorce her husband. She doesn't love him anymore. She gets back. The apartment that they lived in or the house, or it's kind of like a, a big apartment in, you know, in Paris, very fancy, mm. is cleared out, emptied. Apparently, before she got back, he auctioned off everything they had, sold everything, and then was murdered. Cut to CIA agent uh, Walter Matthau telling her that he was a spy. He'd been a spy forever. And that, you know, he had a bunch of money. And watch out. People are going to be looking for this money. And then you go very quickly to his funeral. And she's sitting there at the funeral. And in walks, you know, in walks James Coburn. He walks up to the, you know, the corpse, puts a mirror in front of the face to make sure he's dead and walks out. In comes George Kennedy, really mad. He pokes the, the corpse with a needle to make sure he's really dead and walks out all angry. And then another guy comes in and does something similar. So that kind of sets up the whole set. All these guys are after the money. They all think she knows where it's at. Cary Grant is the kind of dashing guy that she randomly meets. Or did she randomly meet him? Um, <laughs> and so the adventure begins. You can't go wrong with this movie. It's just, 
it's fun. It's got twists. It's got all the kind of things you'd expect from Audrey Hepburn, Cary Grant movie. It never plods. It's very, you know, fast paced, got really great characters and a really good, simple plot, but twisty. You know what I mean? Like you've got all these colorful characters, all these colorful characters, all trying to get money and possibly kill each other to get the money. Pretty simple. Is it breezy? It's, it's a breezy affair. Would you yeah, call it, uh, yeah, breezy. breezy is a good way to put it. <laughs> Are you? And if you haven't seen Cary Grant's comedic chops, he's definitely comedic in some roles. But he really, he's older in this movie. That's one of his later movies. He's really damn funny in some of the role in some of the spots in this movie. You wouldn't expect that. When they say, "Would this okay?" Like it's not on the level of like say, you mentioned Hitchcock. It's not on the level of let's. Like, like North by Northwest. It's not on that level, right? No, because I think the thrills, it's, it's, this is much more comedic. So this is more of a comedic, adventurous kind of movie um, with some slightly thrilling aspects, but it doesn't ever have that suspense level that you get with a Hitchcock. And it never has quite that stylish, like filming quality in the, the way that Hitchcock does. But it's, it's a lot of fun, you know? This is like more of a crowd pleasing kind of movie. Crowd pleasing, but did it pleasantly surprise you? Because I think one of the reasons maybe none of us have seen it is I was thinking it, it's going to be an empty caloric affair that I don't think I'm going to watch. And, what, and the only reason why I gave this movie weight is, to be honest, is when Andrew Martin put it in the box for you to watch and me to eventually watch. And hopefully Eric Holmes watches it as well. I think that, I mean, some people might take it that way, but I think that it's just, it's just a really solid entertaining movie from the era and it's entertaining still today. And I think that can't be said about a lot of movies of that type in that era. I think a lot of those age out kind of poorly. I think this one ages really well. Eric Holmes, were you ever a Cary Grant fan? Have you ever seen any Cary Grant movies? I'm sure you've seen North by Northwest or anything right off the top of your head. I think you did see People Will Talk, the movie that I think is one of my it's one of my favorite movies. But other than People Will Talk, what have you seen from huh? Cary Grant? I don't think I've seen People Will Talk. Oh, really? uh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. Like the weird thing about Cary Grant is like his face and pop up in my head. And I was thinking I saw I was thinking I saw a charade, but then Bruce started describing it. I'm like ah. I don't think that was that's it. What, and now I'm trying to think of what the movie I thought was charade actually is. That's you know, what happened to me. Uh, I thought I'd seen I, it too. I hadn't. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to watch it. I, I was going to try to cram it in today, but I got off too late. But I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. And uh, it'll either be one of those things where I watch and go, okay, yeah, this is the movie I was thinking of. Or no, not at all. Uh, and we'll, we'll find out. But now it's just bugging me with the... What the movie I think is charade actually is. Well, you know what, Eric Holmes, if you probably watch it next week, I, I'm going to join with you. We'll we'll do maybe a rewind together for charade or how my that. pretentious self likes to say charade. We can do that. The Stanley Donnan film <laughs> or Donan. I like to call him Donan. But here, to what, what, point, what, what else did he do? Because that name sounds really familiar. Yeah. And thinking we talked about him like not too long ago. Yeah, you know, again, I think that Bruce mentioned Singing in the Rain. That's his classic movie. He is... He is a studio oh, director. That's his. Is he the dancing on the ceiling guy? Ooh, you know what? He might have directed Lionel Richie in Dancing on the Ceiling. But when did he pass away? 2019. And the and the, uh, and the the old uh, movie where they did that same effect, but it was like what? yes, yes, it, yes. It might have been that that Fred Astaire film All because right. I think he starred. Yeah, it might be. It could be. Other movies he did is The Pajama Game, Indiscreet, Damn Yankees, one of my favorites, starring Two for the Road. And Albert Finney. Yeah, Albert Finney, 
Audrey Hepburn starred in the 1967 Stanley Donnan film called Two for the Road. I love that film a lot. He also starred, he also directed Bedazzled. So he's done. Oh, also he did one of my favorites growing up as a 13 year old. Blame it on Rio. He did that movie with Michael Caine. Oh God. Yes. But blame it on yeah. Rio, Michael Caine and Joseph Bologna. Yeah, just... And, and then, you know, if you're 13 and I, I was 13 when I first saw it. So it's definitely appealed Let's to my hormones. Say... You were probably more age appropriate to like it than Michael Caine was in that movie. So, <laughs> yes, yes. But you know what? Blame it on Rio. That might be one of those movies we should watch down the road just because of how possibly that is not a very cool yeah. movie to watch these days, right? Yeah. Probably it, not. It stars Michelle Johnson and Demi Moore. So, Bruce and I. Definitely probably check that movie out when we were teenagers back in the, the back in the 1980s. Okay, so we, we're moving on from Charade. By the way, Charade listeners, it's available to stream and rent anywhere. Stream it. Prime Video, like Bruce said, go go for the widescreen, but it's also available on so many YouTube. other... Yeah, YouTube. Okay, I'm going to get to YouTube in a second, Eric Holmes. You. Thanks for reminding me. Hoopla, Voodoo Free, Tubi, Canopy, Mubi, Pluto TV. It's everywhere. Shout TV, everywhere. For most of the run of Find Your Film, I continue to hammer Eric Holmes about his YouTube fixation and just purchasing movies on YouTube when he actually has all these streaming services. And you know what? I have come around to the love of YouTube. One of the reasons why I'm assuming Eric Holmes will just pay double to to watch a movie on YouTube when it's probably the Blu-rays right there on his wall or he has Shutter and he could actually just rifle through Shutter. It's because YouTube is so deceptive, so obviously and deceptively, maybe obviously so convenient. I watched The People Under the Stairs, which you guys will hear after we close this podcast, our discussion with Chad Wilfong on The People Under the Stairs. I forgot to mention this on our segment, the way I was only able to watch this, because time is of the essence for all three of us. I had to watch about 40 minutes of it walking home from the bank to the house. So I was, I purchased it. As soon as I left my my uh, my house with deposited my ten dollar crypto profit, I I I, I used three ninety nine on my YouTube on my and I was thinking of Eric Holmes. I go, darn it, Eric Holmes is right. All, after all this time, and I downloaded uh, for rental the people under the stairs. I and I and as, as I walked back to my domicile, forty minutes worth of walking just to just to get the, the cardio going. Most of it was watching the people under the stairs. Obviously, I don't re- rec- I don't recommend watching a movie while you're walking home because yes, you may die because a car might hit you. So don't please. Don't, it's not endorsed by Eric Holmes or the people Bruce under the cars. <laughs> the people under the cars. Which, yes, it could have been me today just to watch the people under the stairs and join in on that Chad Wilfong discussion. What's the, what's the number thing you one thing you don't do while watching a movie? Uh, check your phone. No, no, that's not it. Uh, talk while the movie's playing. Nope, that's pretty bad. But that's not the number one worst thing you can do while watching a movie. Greg, why don't you tell them what the worst yeah, well, thing you can do while watching a movie? Well, possibly watching a movie on your iPhone. Most importantly, not because of that, watching a movie while you're walking home. Oh, and maybe while you're crossing the street as well. So probably if you don't hear from me and there is someone, if Andrew Martin or someone else is moderating Find Your Film in a couple of weeks, it's because I suddenly am a YouTube addict and I might have been watching Charade on the way home. 
And and whatever you do, don't don't watch and drive. For God's <laughs> sakes, do not watch for, a movie while driving. Yeah, for God's sakes, goodness sakes, don't watch while you drive. And you know what? Honestly, don't watch <laughs> while you walk. But you know what? One solid recommendation is please, if you have any movies you would like us to see, most importantly, uh, for Bruce Perky to see, email Bruce Perky at BrucePerky at gmail.com or t- chat him up on the Cinematics Facebook group and suggest a movie because right now we are Bruce Perky is going to pick next week's movie next week's what's in the box selection what presents oh. does Bruce have in the box before I do <laughs> what's that in the box? very good Eric Holmes I love that very precious my precious yes Eric before I mean I yes, do that yes sir I did get some physical media in the mail today oh one of them is rain oh, oh, oh very cool rain okay yes after bruce watches so we'll, it. i'll be watching that and then i'm sending it off to greg i guess so yes, can very watch cool. it, right very cool yes but i yes. also got a box from entertain mart oh that i ordered oh i wonder what's there Oh, yeah. box from it. Oh, Bruce, please tell us what's this precious is in the box. <laughs> Different box. Very good, Eric. That's a very good voice. I love, love that. Well, That's uh, it's not all, all movies. I did get a record, so you don't probably care about that, but it's, there's uh, the record. So what's, what's the record? It's uh, Billy Joel, the pia- uh, Piano Man. But it's no. actually Granddaddy. Granddaddy, the software slump. Played on an upright piano. But oh. Oh, more cool. interesting to our interests are... Yes. The Blu-ray of Phase Four, a Phase Saul seven. Bass film. Oh, very cool. Phase Four. Okay, oh. I don't know if that's any Saul Bass. I was thinking of Saul Bass with that's the charade a... poster. I was thinking. I wonder. If... So that's all the Marvel movies. Uh, Phase Four Marvel movies. <laughs> or yes. Well, unlike most Marvel movies, this is only eighty-four minutes. So I'll just uh, tell you that. So. Phase Four Saul but this Bass. This is the only movie directed by Saul Bass. So uh, we will. I will be talking about that in the future. Okay, very cool. You just on a whim, Bruce. On a whim, you decided. No, I've I've seen this movie before, and it's 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 always held a weird place in my in my heart. And I think it's a very a strange movie that no one ever talks about. So, oh, very I cool. Will be talking about it at some point. Okay, okay so, back to the box. Yes, very cool. Phase four. It's all bass. Very cool. Hey, what's in the box? What's in the what in box? What, what, what you got? You got a box here? What what's in it, man? <laughs> I don't know yet. I don't know. Stop talking to me so much. It's going crazy. Unbox man. the box. I'm doing Quit. it. I'm on my plate. I'm trying. It's like unrolling. fiddling with the rolling. box and just reach in and grab it. What's in there? Oh. <laughs> yes. What is it? Okay. I don't know how to say this. Uh, suggested by Nathan Day. Nathan Day. Uh, Author Nathan Day, by the yeah. way. Totsi? <laughs> Totsi? How do you say Totsi? It's Totsi. It's Totsi. Ooh, very good choice. By Gavin Hood, which I bought the DVD or the Blu-ray of about three months ago in because I knew this was in the box somewhere waiting for it to come up. So I will watch physical media of this movie. Okay. And this is a movie called Sotsi. It was released in 2005, directed and penned. Directed by Gavin Hood, co-penned by Gavin Hood. Eric Holmes has been a avowed uh, fan of Gavin Hood, if I recall, because you appreciated some of his movies yeah he gets so much shit for the he gets so much shit for the uh the wolverine movie but uh he's he makes some bangers <laughs> say that right now he's, well he does uh, make quite, some bangers. quite the quite the talented filmmaker so i'm i'm excited to talk about that 
Yes, Official Secrets, which Eric Holmes really enjoyed from 2019. Eric Holmes also enjoyed, and I'm sure, I'm I'm assuming Bruce Perkin. I also enjoyed Eye in the Sky, released in 2015. I might be the one out of the only three who really thought Ender's Game was awesome from 2013. I Yeah, no, no other comments regarding I loved Ender's Game. Bruce, no, no, Eric, no. Okay, and then... And then he was also, he also directed Rendition, which I haven't seen. And then X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I think Eric Holmes says is his favorite out of the entire comic book. Well, I'm sorry. No, I, I was, that was wrong. That was wrong. X-Men. I mean, it, 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 it's fine. It's, it's just, a movie. That, that, that's a way, that's a way you grab a talented filmmaker and waste them. Oh, wow. Wow, you know, and uh, maybe maybe I'm denigrating myself here, but I I was actually a fan of X Men Origins Wolverine. Bruce Perky, you gonna break the tie? X Men Origins Wolverine, worth it? Not? No, no, no comment from no. from Bruce Perky. Okay, no, okay. So that is Sotsi that will be reviewed next week from Bruce Perky, Eric Holmes, and I. If we have the time next week, we're gonna we're, we're gonna figure out what movies we're gonna review next week. Maybe Charade might be on our docket as well, and also on our docket this weekend. This is a last minute situation. Okay, so. We had to, it was originally going to be Jacques Van Dormiel. We were going to review Toto the Hero and Mr. Nobody. The problem is Arrow Video, Bruce tried to order it and he did order it. They are, they are not sending him the disc as of yet. So it might take a while. So we're going to get to Toto the Hero, which is one of my all-time favorite movies down the road. Until then, we are going to do, we are going to spotlight one of my favorite filmmakers, director Sidney Lumet. Okay, that'll, we're, we're only going to cover two films. The Pawnbroker, which I haven't seen. Have any of you guys seen The Pawnbroker before? Yeah, yeah. No? Yeah. Oh, you have. Eric Holmes has. Okay. I, I, you're, Eric Holmes is just nodding his head. He doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't want to spoil yeah, yes. the I action. Forgot it was on, I forgot it was on the... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no worries. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And and by the way, Eric Holmes is also a big fan of Sidney Lumet. Does that mean, Bruce Perky, am I leaving you out here? Are you a fa- big fan or you can catch as catch can regarding... The movies, the work of Sidney Lumet. Oh, I like Sidney Lumet's movies quite a bit. Yes. Okay, very cool. So the movies we're doing is The Pawnbroker. The reason why I chose that, because I haven't seen it yet. Bruce has not seen it yet. Eric Holmes has seen it. Okay, so we're going to do The Pawnbroker. I believe it stars Rod Steiger, released in 1964. And the other movie, I forgot what year it was released, is this movie called The Night Falls or Night Falls on Manhattan. It stars Andy Garcia. And the reason why is... Both of these movies, as we're recording this, they're currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video, but you never know with Amazon Prime Video. Bruce Perky and I could be starting to watch Night Falls on Manhattan and they'll just take it off. But hopefully check those two out currently as of this recording on Amazon Prime Video. Night Falls on Manhattan was released in 1996. In my opinion, a very underrated Blue Met film. That's what I felt the first time I saw it, last time I saw it in 96. Maybe, who knows, hopefully by then, hopefully it's a good movie. So that's it, Blue Met this weekend. Chad Wilfong coming up after we sign off, or I'm going to put Chad Wilfong somewhere in the show. Uh, anyways, tell us what you think about our, our show. Please. Uh, what, Is either coming up or you already heard it? Somewhere, <laughs> Chad's going to be somewhere in the show. <laughs> Eric Holmes, you want to, you want to say something before we go? Uh, thank you, Chad Wilfong for coming on the show and talking about people on the, the stairs, whether you uh, heard it already or you're about to hear it. Um, and uh <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to watch uh, Charade this week and see if I actually seen it or not. That'll be a that'll be a fun surprise. Yes, I love that my brains is turning to mush. Uh, yes, all of our tr- brains are turning into mush as always. Bruce Perky, any uh, any witticisms before we go? Betty loves you. Betty loves you.
<laughs> okay okay that is a yep. foreshadowing of a movie that eric holmes and bruce perky how dare they actually watch a movie that we're not going to be covering in two three weeks that just means they're doing much better homework than i am on a given basis okay so that's benny loves you you're gonna you're gonna hear about it soon and maybe next week or i don't know two weeks but bruce when next week is it next week i think yeah. it's next week it's good it's, it? it's gonna be one I of these don't things know. we don't know all right guys we will see you next week thank you so much uh, for for listening to find your film and have a great week watching film Bye. all right hey everyone we're back with our find your film segment where it's i believe it's kind of co-sponsored by entertain mart and eric holmes eric holmes uh, can you introduce our listeners maybe our watchers on youtube our wonderful guest is this week on find your film how does it tie in with your segment regarding entertain mart and your physical media stuff well our wonderful guest is chad wilfong i hope i'm pronouncing it correctly and um yes (laughs) i was gonna (laughs) clap i was gonna clap yes i'm gonna a little clap thank you chad for joining us uh, we so we do the we do the uh, entertain our gift card uh, giveaways uh, once in a bit, and uh, we always like to the people that win them. We like to have them on and talk about their regale us with stories of their spoils. And uh, I believe today uh, we're talking about one such thing is uh, people under the stairs. But yeah, I'd like to uh, introduce everyone in, uh, to Chad. And beyond that, I kind of like to get your uh, your take on yeah. The, 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 this is my brain. This is, okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I, I like to know your take on like once you've got the card, how it, oh, the okay. process, um, because it's kind of it's kind of wonky. But uh, we figure the more people we got on here explaining how they do it, uh, the easier it is for those when they do win them. Yeah, it was pretty simple. Um, I know you can't order use it online, but you can call whatever store you find what you're looking for online. Um, you can call that particular store, and then they'll actually mail it out to you and then i i got an actual another gift card from them for the i guess the shipping they just kind of reimbursed the shipping four dollar shipping so you can't use that online or, or but you can use it in store so i don't know if every store does that but it was pretty simple it took like three days i think i got it that's pretty cool chat i got a pointed question you know you are a very great contributor to our cinematics facebook group you're one of the first members I count on you, even though I don't respond to your posts because I, unlike Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes, I usually during the week, unless it's a giveaway, I think you know this, Chad, I am a big right. hermit. I, I do my podcast with here and then with Anderson, and then I, I, I crawl under a rock. Chad Wilfong, you you actually on a, on a weekly basis, you give us our just movie recommendations, movies you've seen every right. single week. And my question to you is regarding this with all of the different movies you see every week, why did you p- pick the people under the stairs written and directed by Wes Craven as the movie you wanted to actually purchase regarding with your gift card? Um, I think it's cause I, I recently joined a scream factory uh, group and they were just talking about movies that are out of print. And I actually bought some in the past year for like $13 that are now selling on eBay for like a hundred dollars. Um, please tell me you're asking please, for them. Please tell me you're flipping those. Please tell me you're because fl- uh, I, I would flip those and because I, I really secretly don't like movies. I'd rather just flip them for a profit. Tell me, <laughs> Chad, are you on my side? Are you flipping it for the money or are you, are you really? No, no, I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, no, I, so, so I may sell them one day, but right as of right now, I'm gonna keep them. Um, so yeah, I just I just saw the people under stairs and I just kind of looked to see what they had and 
Um, I saw that it was a good price and not that it's like an expensive one. I think you can still get it on Amazon for like under $20. Yeah. And I just decided to get some screen factory thing instead of just something I could just walk into Walmart or whatever and buy. Um, were you ever, okay. So you're a screen factory, but were you ever a big Wes Craven guy? I mean, we, we, you and me and Bruce, we were talking before Eric jumped on about the last house on the left. That said, is Wes Craven a director that you've always loved? throughout most of your um, life, yeah. I do like some stuff of his. Um, I do like Nightmare on Elm Street and The Screams. Um, I know stuff like he did in the late 80s and 90s, I probably didn't pay attention to because I wasn't a big horror guy back then. Yeah. I'm more now. Um, but I remember going to the theater and seeing Shocker and stuff like that and kind of enjoying him but i know he's one of the greats of the horror genre but i yeah i don't really he's not one of my favorite favorites but he does make i guess for the most part quality horror movies and bruce and eric where does wes land for you as far as filmmakers horror filmmakers genre filmmakers is he overlooked is he underrated what what, where do you guys stand regarding wes on this I definitely not overlooked Uh, (laughs) i think people are uh, pretty well aware of who wes craven is um, I, I did find out because I knew he did, uh, he wanted to, uh, I've heard that he wanted to step outside the horror genre. Um, and I think he did twice. I know the one he did with, uh, the short and, uh, Paris Jetame, um, that, that, uh, movie. Um, and then there was another one that I just heard about last week. And I can't remember. Music of my it. heart starring Meryl there Streep. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I need to check that out and see if because uh, I've that I've only ever seen his horror movies and I like them. By uh, the way, I think Music of My Heart might be Bruce Perky's favorite Wes Craven film. I think secretly is that true, Bruce Perky? <laughs> is that correct? Um, that or <laughs> Deadly Friend maybe would be. <laughs> oh, Deadly Friend. <laughs> Very good. Playing along with the sarcasm. You know, in fairness, Chad, I haven't even seen Shocker. I I saw the poster. When I was, I, I believe, in college, and that scared me, so I decided not to see. Sh- and I decided not to see, see Shocker and Deadly Friend. I never got around to it. But we're talking about the people under the stairs. I was a UCLA Daily Bruin movie critic, and I don't remember if I actually reviewed this movie or if someone out, some other movie critic reviewed it. Because when I saw it, I barely remembered anything about this, about the people under the stairs. To be honest, when you picked it, Chad and Eric told us, I was going, oh. I don't know, Wes Craven movie. I don't know if I'm going to like it. And I want to throw it out to you first, Chad, what your thoughts, because you're, you like a lot of some, a lot of Craven stuff and some of them you're, you're iffy on mediocre regarding this. Did this movie surprise you? Did you like it? Where does it land on your Craven list? Well, I've seen it before. I remember seeing it in the theater and I, I guess I kind of liked it and saw it on cable a couple of times. And I've always kind of liked the movie, but I didn't think it was great. Um, so, but I wanted to revisit it and I just was surprised at like how dark and kind of, I guess the word would be subversive or whatever, like with the characters, especially the, um, well, I don't want to spoil it, but the, the couple that, you know, live in the house, um, that was like, I don't even know if that would, uh, it's pretty dark, like some of the stuff that they do, but I, it's probably you know it wouldn't be in my top 10 horror films or anything like that but uh, i mean it's a pretty solid uh movie for i guess for the time 
Um, and it's kind of relevant with some of the social issues that they bring up in it a lot. Definitely. You know, the movie was released in 1991. I remember, I think I did see this movie and I was expecting a big slasher movie or something really shocking like The Last House on the Left. So maybe, what, 29 years ago, maybe I, I didn't give this movie too much credit regarding the the couple that Chad Wolfong talks about. They live in this really beautiful home. The exterior home looks like a really nice mansion, old school mansion. But when you go inside, it's a very, it's a serpentine. What What is what is the word, Bruce? It's labyrinthine, whatever, maze-like structure inside this beautiful home in this but it's it's very scary. The main characters, a couple, they're just named man and woman. The man is played by Everett McGill. The woman is played by Wendy. I don't know how to pronounce her name. R O B I E. I'm just gonna say Robbie. Now we've we we already talked before we're recording this. If you don't know Everett and Wendy, you've seen them a million times, especially if you're a huge Twin Peaks fan. So I have. I'm assuming a lot of Twin Bruce. I'm, are you are we assuming that a lot of Twin Peaks fans just by default have seen the people under the stairs? because it's pretty much carried by these by the couple that Chad was mentioning. Probably. I mean, I think there's quite a bit of crossover between Lynch, Twin Peaks fans, and Wes Craven's fans. I think that's probably pretty clear. So yeah, sure. Eric Holmes, so were you excited when Chad Wilfong decided to choose this movie as his entertainment purchase? Oh, yeah. I'm always excited to watch people under the stairs. It's oh. like, I, I remember when it came out, because the, just the title, um, it just seems silly. And it is, but it's it's um, it's kind of like They Live. I was expecting They Live to be just straight up dumb. And one day I was in the mood to watch something dumb. And I watch it and I'm like, oh, this is not dumb. <laughs> this is uh, definitely cheesy in parts, but it's... it's, it's uh, and people under the stairs is kind of the same way. Uh, I was expecting a stupid movie when I first saw it, and you know it, it is stupid sometimes, but it's it's uh, pretty smart other times. And as Chad said, it gets dark, and it's. Uh, I think I think I think this would make a good double feature with Hellraiser, and I don't think people realize how close those two movies are. Like, if you rewatch both of them, it's like, wow, these are like sequels to each other. The main character in this movie is a person named, he's just known as Fool, played by Brandon Quinton Adams. You might know him as one of the kids from The Sandlot. I don't know him as one of the kids of The Sandlot, since I think I'm one of the only person among the four who, have, who has not seen The Sandlot. And I, for one one time in my life, I used to be a bit, big baseball fan. So I'm sure all of you guys have seen The Sandlot. Brandon Quinton Adams is really the main character. It's him. There's another girl. AJ Langer, she plays this girl appropriately named Alice. Okay, Alice, and she is the daughter, as you might think she's a daughter of the man and woman, and she's held captive in the house by this couple. And she's often terrorized and abused by this couple. There the moniker, the people under the stairs, we've already had to talk about this. There are, this is not a spoiler, there are people under the stairs. We are not going to talk about the world the who they are what they are are they monsters are they creatures are they evil we're not going to talk about that but i think going to chad's point about the social document were you chad were you surprised at how personally my personal take is this movie again 1991 it doesn't really feel it doesn't feel really dated it feels without getting too much away regarding what what west craven was trying to talk about regarding gentrification property rights racism did you 
do you feel like you appreciated it a little bit more now than before, Chad, as far as like rewatching this time around? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Cause I probably didn't even, cause I probably was in, I think I was in high school when I saw the, saw it the first time. So I probably didn't even pay attention to it or didn't even necessarily care about that stuff or whatever. You know, I just was there for the blood and guts, you know, and, uh, but then, yeah, it's very relevant still today. And I've heard that they're going to do a remake um, oh, really? of wow. it, but that, that's been going on for years. So who knows if it will ever get remade, but um, yeah, it's very, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, Let's see. Uh, it, yeah. It's got a lot of points that are still relevant today. Yeah. I was surprised. Eric, I was surprised how scary this movie was. And it's a very, it's written by Wes Craven. So I, you know what, this movie actually, you've, you're, so you're pretty much the expert, Eric, because you've seen it over the years quite a bit. Uh, expert is generous, but I have seen it more than, <laughs> more, more than, than how many, because times. you're the one who, you're the, you're, you're the ultimate rewatcher. How many times have you actually seen this movie? Maybe three times? Uh, yeah, probably, uh, probably about four times. Four or five times, maybe. Okay, four, four, four or five times. That's that's a low number compared to the, some of the Aaron Sorkin movies you've watched over the years. But <laughs> well, again, I'll watch written, those five times in a week. <laughs> five, five times in a bleeping week. I feel that this movie's. I, do you guys feel that this movie's underrated? Because when you talk about Wes Craven, you talk about the controversy of The Last House and Left. You talk about the Scream franchise. Bruce, can you give me some more Craven classics that that people, when they think of Wes Craven, they they say uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. What's well, I'd never heard of that. What's yeah, that that's a good one too. Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. How dare you laugh at me, Eric Holmes? Eric, what do you think? What do you think? The people under the stairs, Chad, what do you think? Do you think that's an under it's underrated among his oeuvre? Because I feel that this movie's completely it's underrated for people who aren't craven enthusiasts. That's what I'm what I'm trying to get at. Right. Maybe. Well, yeah, I'd say so. It just is it, well, it's because who who he is. He's because of Elm Street and Last House on the Left and Scream, it's gonna take over you know those are i'm gonna outshine i guess his other films because they're so big and so well liked um but i think it's probably one of his closer to the top of his films um mm-hmm. it's de- I, it's pro- it's better than shocker you know um i don't know about serpent the rainbow it's been forever since i've seen that so i don't know how it compares to that but, i haven't seen that in over um, 30 years eric holmes you probably saw but, it last week five times did you see serpent <laughs> the rainbow eric holmes <laughs> Have you seen Eric Holmes? Eric Holmes, have you seen The Serpent and the Rainbow? I don't believe I've seen that one. Oh my goodness. I don't think so. Bruce Perky, are you I think oh, yeah. you're a big you're <laughs> Bruce Perky. Yeah, it's a, a big, it's a it's a weird one for sure. I think and what we're pointing out is I think what is kind of uh when he's out of his franchises which are all like versions but good versions of the slasher genre, when he gets outside of that, he really tries weird things. Like he tries unusual concepts and interesting concepts. And I think that's part of the problem with something like people under the stairs is that like, how do they market that movie? I mean, and how does the audience go into it and know what they're going to get? They don't. So um, I think that it's kind of bound by that to be hard for everyone to latch on to, but well, you could, you could even ahead. say that as uh, franchise movies are pretty weird. Because I mean, are. we we know uh, we know Scream and we know Nightmare on Elm Street because we you know they made so many of them. But if if the Nightmare on Elm Street movie was the one that no one knew, like 
you had people under the stairs, two, three, four, five, six, and so on. And there was only one Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, you know, there's this, uh, there's this really strange move that Wes Craven did. Not a lot of people know about, but it's about this pedophile that gets into kids' dreams and kills them. <laughs> but I think that all those that we're talking about, they were like weird versions of the genre that was already popular. You know what I mean? So I think they had that built-in audience and they still like paid off on those basic beats. They still gave you the basic expectations. Whereas this movie, what is it paying off to people? Like what are they, they're not knowing exactly, like I think the comparison you gave to like something like Hellraiser or um, honestly, like David Lynch. I mean, this movie is weird uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't fit quite into any of those genres. So I, yeah, I think that's part of the problem. Kind of turns into Beastmaster at the last half. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the movie is more funny than most of his movies. It was darkly funny. I guess all of his movies have darkly darkly comedic moments in it. But I just found this time, this time when I watched it, I noticed the dark comedy or dark humor way more i laughed all every time when they said burning hell or whatever they were saying <laughs> burning hell <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys but every time i watch this i just always want to run around the house in my gimp suit and shoot, yeah. <laughs> shoot my shotgun and just holes in the wall you know we were talking about um great like movies to pair this with you know you could also pair this with i think is the burbs Okay. Yeah, I think you could pair this with the Burbs. And if you can get into that, it's different. And the vibe is different. But that idea of this really twisted, uh, different version of kind of this suburban 80s. It's kind of, they're both kind of social satires at the same time as they're yeah. also kind of. Then it's got a very large house. It doesn't make the best use of its uh, square footage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that house is amazing. You know what you were mentioning, Chad, Screen Factory. Do you have any recommendations for our listeners for just movies on physical media that you really love that you've purchased since you have a, you joined that group and. Oh man, I don't know. Um, I noticed that I, I like a lot of this John Carpenter stuff that's on the screen factories, um, like escape from New York and um, they live like they mentioned, he, Eric mentioned earlier, event horizon just came out and I bought it. I haven't watched it. I mean, I've seen it before, but uh, yeah. I haven't watched it, but I got it. But Screen Factory is like kind of like Criterion in a lot of ways, where they're kind of like I guess higher priced in some areas sometimes. Um, but I um, mean, yeah, I guess I guess they're I don't know. I've just got so much stuff. I got too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You've got too much stuff. I don't know, you know what, what direction. You know, I I like I I used to get Screen Factory a lot too. They their stuff is high priced, but you mentioned really accurately Criterion. Both of those distributors, they have really good extras. They both have yeah. Re- the extras, like I got the Friday the Thirteenth box set, and I'm not a huge fan of those movies, but I do. Uh, I'm glad I got the set because it was cheap. Because I didn't get the Halloween set, and I'm kicking myself all the time because I didn't get that. Um, and I there's a couple of Friday Thirteenth movies I do not really care for, but then when I watched the extras, it gave me a little bit more appreciation for them because some of those Friday the Thirteenth movies are a little rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen. Where, where should I start off, with Bruce? Just start off with the first one, and then should I stop after that? Part four on the Friday thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friday the thirteenth. Are any of those good? Some of them. Some of them are. 
Eric, anything? Are you going to defend any of those or what? Start with never hiking the uh, never hike alone. It's a Friday the Thirteenth short. No, kind of. It's kind of distilled Friday the Thirteenth. So, and then if you like it, you're like, hey, that was fun. Then just go back and check yeah. the rest of them out. It depends if you're in a Crispin Glover mood or if you're in a Kevin Bacon mood. Which one you should start with? <laughs> okay, very cool. So that okay. So that is the people under the stairs. I really love this movie. I really, you know, obviously, you know, honestly, I was surprised at how good this movie was. So I was pleasantly surprised. And actually, if it, you said you got it on DVD, Chad, is Blu-ray you got or it on the Blu-ray? Yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna purchase that on Blu-ray. And Eric, do you have that on Blu-ray as well or DVD? Uh, somewhere, not on me, but somewhere, yeah, I got somewhere. I got laying around here somewhere. Okay, cool. So that is that is the people under the stairs reviewed by Chad Wilfong. Chad, thanks you so much for joining us. Do you have anything else to say before you go? Anything to plug? Anything you want to say? Uh, no, I guess I'll just say thanks. Eric for the gift card and thank you guys for having me on and I like them being in the group. Yeah. Showing stuff or whatever. I just got too much time on my hands. There's always <laughs> be a TV show playing in the background. Even if I'm not hundred percent focusing on it, it's playing in the background. Oh, actually since you're here, <laughs> yeah. uh, since you're here, cause you always usually uh, post like a, a bunch of, uh, frames uh, or, uh, posters of the movies you saw for the week. What was that now? It usually posts like uh usually post pictures of the movies you saw for the week on the cinematics yeah. Facebook. Uh you don't happen to remember what like just do a quick uh uh thumbs up, thumbs down on all of those because I always see you put them on there. I'm like, oh what do you think of that one? <laughs> right. I I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I want to do that. I always forget to do that. So I've done it in the past a couple times, you know, but yeah, I think I know some people do it. I probably should do it more because that might get some I do watch a lot of stuff that maybe some people wouldn't check out. I know I watched that uh, adverse movie. I think it was with Mickey Rourke and Thomas Ian Nichols. That's kind of new. It really wasn't that great of a movie, but I kind of appreciated what they did. But once it Hmm. got towards the end, they started having some bad CGI with blood and stuff. And, but I mean, I mean, it wasn't a complete waste of time, but I, yeah, I probably should do that a little bit more than just posting it. Yeah. I guess I put it on there so to see what people say and then I comment back. I know Bruce said something about El Topo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love the combination because like he has always so many like, because um, I know you like a lot of B movies and and uh, on as well as like art movies. And the fact that you've got something like People Under the Stairs and then El Topo. It, I mean, right. that speaks to my heart because I might have one week where I watch, you know, Prisoner Number One whatever scorpion and then i might watch you know <laughs> some <Right>. scandinavian <laughs> you know art house movie so i've that. never seen any of his movies before and i said i'll finally watch it i thought it was a definitely a strange one um but i knew that going in it was going to be strange but i liked it visually I, I kept my like the visual side of it i loved it um i don't really look know into, I- Look into Santa Sangre by him, which I think he made in the 80s. Look into that one. Yeah, I got a friend, uh, Julian, which is in the group as well. Yeah. He, I think, recommended Santa Sangre. Yeah. Give me to check out. Chad, well, thank you so much for your time. And I guess we will see you soon in the group. And uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care. All right. All right. Bye. Bye bye.